0: On today's episode of Vitality Radio, I am going to answer some key questions that I've received this week, actually in the last couple of weeks, in the brand new Vitality Radio listeners community on Facebook. Now, I talked on episode 244 just uh, two days ago about All the who, what, when, where's, and why's of vitamin K, and I'm going to continue to do deep dives in individual nutrients like that to try and give you as much uh, information as I can in a short time frame. That show was only about 25 minutes long to try and help you make the best decisions for your health. But today is going to be a really interesting show, and I think you're going to want to stay tuned. I'm going to talk about, what I did is I just asked uh, my listener community, those that are in the Facebook group, what they'd like to hear about on Vitality Radio. Now, there were a lot of awesome comments, and I can't talk about all of them in in this show. I'm going to hit about three or four of those um, questions that people had, but I will do full shows on some of those questions. I did one on ADD and ADHD on episode 243 last Saturday. And that was uh, actually, I think, the first comment that I got from the Facebook community. So that is a great place to join if you'd like to hear more about all of this stuff. But what are we going to talk about today? Today is, I think, some of the best information that is the most useful across the board for people who are taking supplements. And the first bit of information is how to identify a quality supplement, what to look for, and how to know if it's okay to take several supplements together. That was the question that I received. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dig into that question in detail, and we're going to specifically look at how to really read a supplement facts panel. And I think you'll be surprised at what you might learn and what I have to say about how to read a supplement facts panel. It's not maybe as simple as it seems, Or maybe it doesn't seem simple to you at all. We're also going to dive into the topic of neosporin. Somebody asked for alternatives to neosporin, and I'm going to tell you why you absolutely should be looking for an alternative. This stuff is not good for you and what you can use effectively in its place. And lastly, and this may be the thing that people enjoy the very most, I'll lay out what I consider to be the optimal dosing for the most common supplements sold on the market today. And this dosing is not based on marketing, but actual research. What does the research show you need of key nutrients? How much CoQ10 should you be taking? How much omega-3 should you be taking? How much vitamin K? How much vitamin D? How much vitamin C? And so on and so forth. We're going to go through all the big ones and uh, cut through the hype of marketing and actually get down to the research so that you can know how to best optimize your supplement usage. Those are the topics along with maybe one or two more depending on if time permits on today's episode of Vitality Radio. Now I mentioned the Facebook community and the Facebook community is growing and it is so much fun. I'm enjoying it thoroughly and of course I organized it so I guess that's good for me but it appears that the people listening to the show that have joined the group are really enjoying it too. It's a great little group of people that are like-minded and that they are all looking for optimal ways to increase their health and find the vitality that they're looking for for themselves and for their families. And you can post questions there, which I will answer directly, but oftentimes you'll get a bunch of other answers from members in the community that can be very, very useful. I do not pretend to have the corner on the market of information when it comes to natural health. I know a thing or two, but uh, I am always happy to let other people jump in and educate me as well, and that is what's happening in this community. It's been really, really fun. If you'd like to join it, it's free to join. You just jump on Facebook through the link. Uh, that is in the description for this episode of Vitality Radio. Also, uh, that's the best way to get interactive with us, but you can also find me on Instagram where we post things on a regular basis, Uh, little tips. We did a really great one on how to optimize sun exposure, uh, how to best get your vitamin D, Uh, we've been doing a bunch of different things like that. Those are on my Instagrams. There's three of them, uh, at Vitality Radio, at Jared St. and at Vitality Nutrition Bountiful. You can check all those out. And uh, you can also check us out at vitalitynutrition.com if you'd like to check out what we have in store for you there. And of course, if you're local, we'd love to have you come to Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. We're celebrating our 45th year As a health food store uh, in just two weeks. So stay tuned for uh, the details on what's gonna happen then. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and we're just thrilled to still be at it after 45 years. Okay, let's go ahead. Oh, let me give you the phone number 801 292 6662. That's 801 292 6662. If you have any questions you've heard on Vitality Radio and you prefer to talk to somebody as opposed to going digital, one of those other formats that I just mentioned, give us a call. We'll be glad to help. Okay. Now that I've got that out there, let's jump right into the topic at hand. How to identify a quality supplement, what to look for and how to know if it's okay to take several supplements together. That was the question and it is a fantastic one. Well, it's actually three questions rolled into one, which is just fine. But it's a little bit of a difficult combination of questions to answer due to the complexity of a lot of things, the number of products on the market, the individual taking that product or those products, and the potential combinations that one might choose to take. So what I'm going to do today is do my best to answer that question, but know that if you have specific questions about which supplement is compatible and best for you or compatible with other supplements, uh, you can ask those questions specifically to me. Uh, in the Facebook group or uh, hit me up on Instagram or call Vitality Nutrition. I am happy to answer all of those questions. As long as I have enough time in the day, I will get your questions answered as quickly as I possibly can. And of course, if you have questions about pharmaceuticals, your pharmacist is a much better resource uh, for those questions. I'm happy to answer the questions I have an understanding of, but I'll always defer to the pharmacist uh, for questions when it comes to drugs. Okay. So the first question I ask myself when, and and, and I'm going to give you a little bit of um, different perspective here because I'm not the guy that takes the supplements only, while I do take many supplements. I'm the guy that has to decide what supplements I want to sell to people like you. And to me, that comes with a little extra responsibility because now I'm the one making those recommendations, not just choosing what I'm putting in my own body, but recommending something that you would put into yours. And I take that very, very seriously. So the first question I ask myself before I bring a product into vitality nutrition or put it up on vitalitynutrition.com or talk about it on social media or whatever is who owns this company that's the first thing i want to know and while google censors a lot of information nowadays they don't censor this information so a very simple re- research tool is google and just type in who owns blank whatever the company is you're curious about so i'll give you some uh, for instance, uh, thing uh, searches that I did, you know, just prior to recording this show. Now, I already knew the answers to these, which is why I chose them, but I was curious what Google would say, and so I typed in, who owns New Chapter? If you're a New Chapter, uh, if you're aware of New Chapter, at one point, I thought they were one of the great supplement brands in the country, and I loved New Chapter, and we sold a lot of it, but when you type in, who owns New Chapter now, it says, Procter and Gamble. Now, Procter and Gamble, if you're not you've heard of them, everybody's heard of them. Their products are ubiquitous in our society now. You probably have some of their stuff underneath your kitchen cabinet or you may be using their toilet paper or any variety of other things. But Procter and Gamble is a mega corporation worth billions and billions of dollars. New Chapter is a tiny little piece of that corporation. And as much as the people who are running New Chapter for uh, Procter & Gamble or P&G may want you to believe that they are doing everything the way they used to do it when New Chapter was owned independently, I just don't believe that that's even possible because now they're answering strictly to the shareholders, far more than they are to the consumers, and even if they do everything exactly as they once did, you're still supporting a mega corporation who half their products are trying to poison you. And maybe they've got a vitamin line that's trying to help you. I don't want to give my money to those people. So as a store, I won't support that brand. As a consumer, I won't support that brand. And my opinion is nobody should, but that's the first step is asking the question, who owns this company? And then you get to decide for yourself because you do ultimately vote with your dollar. The next one I Googled was Burt's Bees. They're owned by Clorox. Garden of Life, owned by Nestle. Solgar, also owned by Nestle. And Aliser, one of my old favorites, I've talked about them before, the makers of emergency owned by Pfizer. And if you've been around the last couple of years, and you've been paying attention to any of the uh, thousands of pages of data dumps that Pfizer's been doing, you know they can't be trusted. So I don't want to give my money to those companies, and I refuse to do so. And as companies that I used to love sell out, I, as quickly as possible, stop selling those brands at Vitality Nutrition. And again, it's up to you if you want to support them, but that's how I make my decision. If you can't trace the brand back to a real person and it's just some giant mega corporation that answers to the shareholders, I just don't think it's a worthy place to spend my hard-earned money because I vote with my dollar. Okay, now, once I've determined if it's a brand I actually want to support, then it is important for you, the person who puts this pill in his or her mouth, to look at the supplement facts panel. All right, so let's go through this. I've brought a few bottles down here with me and they're all a little bit different, but the government has very specific and strict guidelines as to what the Supplement Facts Panel looks like. Now, if you'd like, I know it's a podcast, I can't show you what I'm doing right now. And as long as you're not driving, uh, maybe run into your kitchen or wherever you keep your supplements, grab a bottle and you can read along with me. But if not, you've seen the back of these bottles before and I think you know what I'm talking about. On a food package, it's gonna say Nutrition Facts on a drug package, like a Tylenol or something like that, it's going to say drug facts. And on a supplement, it's going to say supplement facts. Now, the first thing, the front of the bottle is supposed to always say, or actually, yeah, I believe it is required that it is on the front of the bottle, dietary supplement. And in the past, I used to have people ask me if that meant it was for a diet, like weight loss. Well, no, it just means it's designed to supplement your diet um, in addition to what you're eating, you're taking this. Okay. So that's all that means now to the supplement facts panel. First thing you'll see is the serving size. And in many cases, it'll say one capsule. Sometimes it'll say two, four, whatever, but it's important to understand that the serving size is not the recommended dose. Well, it's not always the recommended dose. In the case of the product I'm looking at right now, it's made by Terry Naturally, a brand that I do trust. It's an iodine formula called Triiodine, and it says serving size one capsule. But then you have to look away from the supplement facts panel to get the directions. Now here it says recommendations, one capsule daily with food. For long-term use, consult a healthcare practitioner. Do not use if you're trying to conceive, or pregnant, or are nursing. So you've got in the recommendations oftentimes a couple of little warnings. Some of those are kind of what they call CYA warnings. Um, They are there because they don't want to get sued. Other warnings you need to pay a little bit more attention to. But whenever you have a question about a warning on a supplement, it's a good idea to talk to someone who's educated on that topic. But it's important to understand that in some supplements now I've got Dr. Christopher's complete tissue and bone formula here. It'll say on the supplement facts panel, serving size, two capsules, servings per container, 50, which would indicate that there's, you know, hundred capsules in the bottle. That's, that's easy. But then you go to the directions on this bottle and it says as a dietary supplement, take two capsules three times a day or as directed by your physician. It also says for optimal results, take one hour before or after meals as to not compete with digestion. And some supplements will tell you specifically when to take the supplement. If it should be taken with a meal, without a meal, that is a very important bit of information. Unfortunately, not all brands take that extra step, which frustrates me. But um, that's when you have to do maybe a little bit of research on your own. And that's also a great place where you can ask me that question, you know, should I be taking this thing with my meal or without, I'm happy to help you with those questions as well. This product though, as I said, supplement facts, serving size, two capsules. But when you go to directions, it does tell you to take that serving size, two capsules, three times per day. That may be the most important part of a supplement facts panel that is not in the supplement facts panel is how often are you supposed to take this dose? So never stop where it says serving size always find the directions. They will always be in another spot on the bottle. And that is what you're supposed to follow. Now, some brands do a better job than others about giving you a legitimate set of directions. Many of them just say, take one capsule. And if you look at the research, unfortunately, that isn't necessarily backed up in the research where the research would indicate maybe you need two capsules or you need four capsules or something like that. So, Relying strictly on what's on the bottle, probably not a great idea. And again, it's a good place to go uh, if you're if you're questioning it, you know you can do your own research online and I encourage you to do that. you know how much of this thing should I take? But you're going to want to check not just government databases. as I discussed in episode 244 on vitamin K, they don't even recommend vitamin K2 at all. And yet it's this really critical nutrient and they recommend far less vitamin K than what we probably need. But finding what the government says about it and then finding some alternative sources and come up with what you feel makes the most sense to you. I'm always happy to answer those questions as well. All right, let's keep continuing down the supplement facts panel. Sometimes the supplement facts panel is very, very clear, especially if it's just one or two ingredients. I'm looking at vitamin K2 from Natural Factors, and it says vitamin K2, and then in parentheses it says miniquinone. Dash 7 Now, the parentheses in this case would indicate the form of vitamin K2, and that's usually what's in the parentheses, is what form it is. Sometimes with an herb, the parentheses will have what percentage of active ingredient is in there or what the botanical name of the herb is or something like that. But when it comes to nutrients, this is pretty important stuff because if you're taking vitamin K2, and if you believe like I do that vitamin K2-7 is the best form out there, uh, also known as MK7, then you want to make sure your vitamin K2 is the MK7 form. And on the front of the Natural Facts bottle, it says vitamin K2, but it doesn't say on that uh, in that area what form it is. Down below, it does say bioavailable MK7 form. So they have added that. But where it is required to be on the bottle is in the Supplement Facts panel, where it says vitamin K2 and then parentheses miniquinone Seven, and then it says in another set of parentheses MK seven from Natto Bean. So it even tells you the source of it. Then it will tell you the amount per serving, 120 micrograms. And if there is a daily value established for that supplement, it will say what the percentage is. In this case, it's 100 percent of what the FDA recommends for a man. Now, this is important too. Uh, some people believe we live in a patriarchal society that is dominated by men. Other people think that that's a bunch of hooey. Regardless of what you believe, one way or the other on that, the truth is that supplement facts panels are based on the RDA for a man unless the supplement is specifically designed for a woman. So in the case of K27, it is saying what the daily value is for a man. Now, the daily value, mostly established back in the 1920s. So we're going back a century now, right? And largely not updated much. As I discussed in 244, episode 244 on K2, 120 is just not enough, in my opinion, based on the research that's been done. Uh, 180, 200, 300, uh, maybe even more, could make a lot more sense. And so just... Saying, oh, well, this has a hundred percent of what I'm supposed to have is not enough research to know what you're supposed to have. Heck, if you're looking at a multivitamin, in many cases you'll have thousands of times the RDA of a B vitamin in there. Is that because the company's trying to poison you? Or are they trying to give you an optimal level and the RDA just simply doesn't cut it? Well, I would say in most cases it's the latter. They're wanting to give you a dose that's going to be effective. And it seems really high when you bounce it off the RDA, but you have to remember that the recommended daily allowance was originally developed to do one thing, and that is to prevent you from having deficiency disease. Things like rickets, scurvy, that sort of thing. We don't have those diseases in America. We get enough of these nutrients in our food to prevent those diseases. Those are pretty much third world country diseases at this point. But That was the original intent. It was not intended to give you optimal health. It was intended to keep you from dying. And there is a big difference between optimal health and death, right? So when it says DV, that's what those percentages mean. But I would encourage you to look deeper at those percentages to decide what is right for you. Now, uh, we talked about the form of the ingredient. If you don't know what form you should have, If it says, you know, miniquinone 7, like it does on this vitamin K2, or in the case of the iodine, it says as potassium iodide, sodium iodide, and molecular iodine, then you have a little bit of homework to do. Unfortunately, I can't answer all those questions on about every supplement on the radio. No matter how long I record these shows, I won't get to all of them, but I am happy to answer those questions directly, like I said, uh, through the Facebook group or call us at 801-292-6662, and I'd be happy to answer those questions for you, but doing your own research, ultimately... That is the very best way to guide your decisions on what you should be putting in your body. Um, As I discussed uh, a few episodes ago when I talked about, you know, who's really actually responsible for your health. Of course, it's you. And uh, doing that research matters and is very, very beneficial. So if you don't know what form you're supposed to have, um, do a little bit of Googling reach out to me if you'd like. I'd love to answer that question for you. I have done the research on most of these things. And frankly, I'll tell you if I don't know the answer. And uh, But I usually have an opinion on those things, and I'm more than happy to share it with you uh, in any one of those areas that I can. Okay, uh, let's see. And then the next question is, how much is there? Like with the K2, 120 micrograms, right? Well, as I said, I think you need more than that. The biggest thing that happens, so legally, this is important to understand. Legally now, the FDA does regulate supplements. You have heard probably that they do not. That is not true. It is an absolute lie. Any news report you see talking about the unregulated supplement industry is the same kind of news reports you heard about, you know, Dr. Fauci saying anything that seemingly made sense. You can decide, I guess, what you want to believe and who you want to believe, but I will tell you this. The supplement industry is regulated. It is not regulated the same way as the drug industry, and it is a much more loose set of regulations for sure. The primary reason for that is actually pretty simple, like really simple, and that is simply that supplements are generally considered safe and pharmaceuticals are not. So they require a lot more research to prove whatever level of safety comes with a pharmaceutical than do supplements. But the regulations are still there. The supplement facts panel has to be written out a very specific way and contain a very specific amount and type of information. The products have to pass specific types of tests, uh, microbial tests, uh, potency tests, all types of different things like that to prove that what their saying is in the bottle, is in the bottle. And there is a process known as CGMP, Certified Good Manufacturing Processes, that governs all of this. And so we must recognize that the supplement or, or that the supplement industry is regulated, but companies are still in the business to make money. And some companies are don't have the same scruples as others. So sometimes what you end up with is a product, and this happens a lot with the online world. And this isn't me bashing the online world when it comes to buying stuff. I buy a lot of stuff online myself, although I do try to support the little guys as much as possible. Uh, Some things are just easier to buy online. But when you're looking at supplements online, a lot of times you have these companies with really great marketing budgets and a product that appears to be really good, testosterone supplements come to mind. I see them all the time. Sexual uh, performance enhancer uh, products, uh, diet products. You see it all the time where these companies make all these claims and say how great their product is, and you know, give you some testimonials. And you look at the formula, and if you're educated on what's in the formula, you recognize that it's just a smattering of these ingredients, and there's not enough in there to do anything. But what they're referencing in their claims are the scientific studies that have been done on that ingredient, but then they're not putting the right amount of that product into the, or of that ingredient into the product itself. That happens too often in this industry, and it's, in this industry, and it's something I'm not proud of when it comes to being a member of this industry, and frankly, a fervent uh, defender of this industry, because the truth is, it's just like everything else. We've got good players and bad players in all the different places, and It is still a buyer beware situation, which is why I do Vitality Radio. I do this show. I have that Facebook community primarily to educate people on what I believe actually works. I want people to take supplements and get benefits from them. I want to sell you supplements, but I don't want to sell you supplements unless they help you. I'm not interested in selling you stuff that doesn't work. It doesn't do me any good, not in the long run. And my goal and my parents' goal when they started Vitality Nutrition years ago was to help people and hopefully make money while we did it. And that's really what this is about. So that's why I do these shows. That's what this education's about. And we have to recognize that not all supplements are created equal. We have to Keep an eye on the back of the label and make sure we're getting what we need. Now, I'm going to, because of the time, I'm going to go ahead and cut to a break. But when I come back, I'm going to finish this topic about supplement facts. I hope it's been helpful to you. We're going to talk about the other ingredients that are listed on the supplements. Things like magnesium stearate, silica, um, cellulose. We're going to talk about flow agents, fillers. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite products to talk bad about, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's such a great example of what to look for that you don't want in your supplement, and that is the dreaded centrum. We'll talk about all that when I get back. We're also going to answer those other questions that we talked about. Uh, when I come back, I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio.
1: For years at Vitality Nutrition, we've struggled with the question, what can I do to help my aching joints? About 20 years ago, glucosamine and chondroitin appeared on the market, and for the first time, we had something natural that actually made a real difference for a lot of our customers. But over the years, glucosamine products seemed to still only work for a certain percentage of the people who tried them, and then only seemed to help so much. Then came hyaluronic acid. A healthy joint regularly secretes a substance called hyaluronic acid. This compound is slippery and provides lubrication and cushion to the joint. As we age, we produce less of this vital substance. The problem is that supplements containing this promising ingredient don't absorb well and mostly get wiped out in the stomach. Well, about eight years ago, Jared discovered a company who had figured out how to solve this problem. The product they developed is called Baxel, and it is amazing. Baxel is a liquid that's almost flavorless, and according to the clinical trials, when taken twice daily, provides significant relief to 84% of people who use it. At Vitality, we love Baxel because it works. It's as simple as that. Plus, it's 100% guaranteed. If your joints creak and pop, if you experience discomfort, pain, or stiffness, then you owe it to yourself to try Baxil today. Baxel is available at Vitality Nutrition and online at vitalitynutrition.com. Come visit us at 107 South 500 West in Bountiful, Utah. Check us out online or call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host, Jared St. Clair. I'm with you each and every week, usually twice a week, if you're listening on the podcast. If you're listening on the radio, please find the podcast. There's so much more information there. Uh, A lot of really great stuff that never hits the airwaves in Salt Lake City. But hey, if you want to listen on the radio and you're kind of doing it old school, I'm going to stay on the radio as long as they'll keep me, and I'm happy to keep bringing it to you here from 9 to 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. The podcast can be found on any of your podcast apps or at VitalityRadio.com. Okay, let's jump right back into this topic, uh, and I'll just remind you that if you do have questions about anything you hear on the show, to call us at vitalitynutrition eight 801- zero one. in Bountiful, or uh, catch me on Facebook at Jared, or sorry, on uh, Instagram at Jared Saint, or at Vitality Radio uh, are great places to find me, and uh, look in the show description and join our Facebook group. Um, There's a ton of good information in there, and I'm present every single day in the Facebook group. Okay, so the last few things that we're going to talk about are the things that a lot of people have concerns about nowadays, a lot more than what they used to. In fact, I know this because people never used to ask about the other ingredients on a supplement facts panel, but they do often now. So I'm, now I'm going to look at my vitamin D3 from Natural Factors. This is a uh, it's, it's my preferred vitamin D3. And there are a couple of reasons that I like it. First off, vitamin D3 is pretty much the same. Most places you get it, as far as the D3 itself, most of it comes from lanolin, which is lamb's wool, uh, and uh, that is the most bioidentical form of vitamin D3 that I'm aware of because they make it in their wool with cholesterol, the same we make, same way that we make it in our skin with cholesterol, and so that is uh, my I think the best form. It's called cholecalciferol, and uh, that is great. But what I want to focus on is the other stuff that's that is in this vitamin D supplement. The other ingredient is flaxseed oil. Why is there organic flaxseed oil in this? Well, there has to be some sort of oil with the vitamin D to fill this little soft gel capsule. Unfortunately, the cheapest oil out there on the market is soybean oil, and a lot of vitamin D, almost all of it in mass market, Costco, Walmart, Kmart, oh, they aren't around anymore, uh, Smith's, Kroger's, you know, wherever, all these different places, most of them have soybean oil in their product. You don't want soybean oil. One thing, it's genetically modified. Two, it's just not good for you anyway in a hundred different ways. And uh, three, it actually acts as a phytoestrogen, which can mess with your hormone levels. So you don't want soybean oil And hormone disruption with your vitamin D. So I usually encourage people to find olive oil or flaxseed oil. Those are my two favorites. And uh, you can get your vitamin D with one of those two oils in it. The next thing that you're looking for are the other ingredients. The other ingredients are going to be, in this case, a soft gel capsule, which contains gelatin, glycerin, and purified water. That's it. Now, if you're a vegan, you're not going to want gelatin, and you're going to have to find a different vitamin D anyway, because if you're a vegan, you're not going to want it from lamb's wool either. Now, I would personally disagree with that. I think uh, vegan lifestyle is not the healthiest lifestyle, and that's my opinion, and I'm sure I might differ from you in that. And hopefully you'll still listen to this show if you're a vegan, even though I eat meat uh, and we can uh, agree on the things that we can agree on. But regardless, if you want to stay away from gelatin, it's not that hard to do. Most of my formulas that I developed, even though I don't mind having gelatin in them, are made from vegetable, with vegetable capsules. But in the case of soft gels, most of them are made from gelatin. So that's the only real question is whether or not you're a vegan or a vegetarian on whether or not you'll have gelatin in your capsule. So there, there's that. But what you're really looking for, are what are the other flow agents, excipients, things like that? Let's go back to the vitamin K formula. Vegetarian capsule is what this is made of. And it has cellulose, which is what the capsule is actually made out of. Purified water. And it always lists water, or it usually lists water, but that's just what's used in the process of making the capsule. And then microcrystalline cellulose, which is a powder that they use as a flow agent. It allows the uh, sticky supplements to flow. It doesn't really absorb into the system. It just flows back through the system. I consider micro, microcrystalline cellulose one of the most um, harmless of the potential excipients that would be found in one of these uh, supplements. And then you'll oftentimes have silica. Silica is very hydroscopic. It pulls a lot of water. And so it keeps uh, the machines from gumming up uh, when they're running capsules, especially in humid environments. Uh, The silica plays a big role. Silica, the form that's in the capsules is not particularly bioavailable. Most of it's going to wash out through the system. But if you do absorb some, Silica is good for you, so that's okay too. And then the last thing that's in this one, and it is interesting because uh, this is probably one of the more controversial ones, is magnesium stearate. There's magnesium stearate, and you'll also sometimes see stearic acid. Now, magnesium stearate and stearic acid have gotten a bad rap, and I'm not convinced that they deserve it. And this isn't really me really apologizing for them because I'm not convinced, but I also am not convinced that they're the best. Uh, flow agents, I don't include them in any of my formulas. I I don't like them being in there uh, for two reasons. One is some consumers don't want them. So it's just a negative in that way. And other, maybe they do inhibit a little bit of the absorption of the supplement. I believe personally that that is not the case. I believe magnesium stearate and stearic acid are not that big of a deal. I do prefer other excipients, but I just haven't seen the research to back up that these are an issue. And many of the companies that I respect, such as Natural Factors, still use them in their products. And I believe that they know what they're doing. And so that's where I'm at on that. Now, there are a couple of pretty cool uh, flow agents that are being used. I use them instead of the stearic acid and magnesium stearate. I'll use silica. I'll use cellulose, which we just talked about in my formulas I'm talking about. I'll also use L-leucine, which is very interesting. It's very fluffy, very much like silica, actually. And it's an amino acid. You need it. I need it. It's great for you. And uh, it works really well for keeping things flowing in the capsule. so we throw that in there because it doesn't hurt anything and it helps the process of actually making the capsule. The other thing that works pretty well is rice flour. Rice flour is uh, it's, it's a pretty good filler. It works a little bit as a flow agent but it's usually found in capsules um, and and because it's such a you know rice is primarily hypoallergenic. Very few people are allergic to rice. Uh, Rice flour works pretty well for those reasons. So when you're looking at those other ingredients, uh, those are a lot of the ones that you'll see. But let's just jump into a product label because I've been looking at all products. These are products that are sold at Vitality Nutrition. In fact, every product I've looked at with you today is a product I personally either take on a regular basis or on an as-needed basis. So now let's talk about Centrum. Centrum, I, I do have a podcast, yes I do, called Centrum Sucks. And you can go back and refer to that if you'd like, but I'm just going to tell you why it sucks right now, right now, okay? So the first ingredient in Centrum is calcium carbonate, and that is to give you the calcium claim that's on the label. Calcium carbonate is barely absorbable by the body and I believe is one of the leading causes of heart disease. I really do believe that. Calcium carbonate especially if you don't have enough vitamin K in the body, will lay down and will create hardening of the arteries. You don't want calcium carbonate in your supplements. The next ingredient is magnesium oxide, the least efficient form of magnesium and the only form of magnesium that you can take that actually will make you more magnesium deficient. That's where they're getting their magnesium from. Now, some of the other stuff they have in here is it's kind of okay. Ascorbic acid which is genetically modified vitamin C usually, you know, okay, that's in there. You got uh, a synthetic form of vitamin E called vitamin D or sorry, called DL alpha tocopherol. You got maltodextrin, which usually comes from genetically modified corn, unless it's an organic source, which this one is not. And you got the worst form of iron out there, ferrous fumarate, uh, the one that's the most likely to cause upset stomach and the least likely to actually absorb. But you know, that's they're they're picking the cheapest, crappiest vitamins and minerals you can possibly shove into a product. Okay, fine. It's not better than what you get in a bottle uh, or a bowl of Special K. Like, really, it's not better than what you get in a bowl of Special K. But... They also have BHT to preserve freshness. BHT is a toxic chemical that is used as a preservative. You don't need it in your vitamin. That's ridiculous. They have Blue 2 Lake because, of course, we have to have a beautiful little blue pill with our Centrum. What a joke that is. Uh, They actually have cold calciferol, vitamin D3. That's a good form of vitamin D3, chromium picolinate, which is not too bad. But then they throw cornstarch in there. Cornstarch, another genetically modified ingredient. Uh, They have the worst form of vitamin B12, cyanocobalamin. They have the worst form of folate, folic acid. And the list goes on and on. But then they add some really great stuff. On top of cornstarch, they have modified cornstarch. They have polyethylene glycol, a plastic, polyvinyl alcohol, another plastic, And then you've got red 40 because the Blue Lake 2 wasn't enough. We have red 40, which actually has been shown to contribute to hyperactivity and is a neurotoxin. Uh, What else is in here? You got talc. Uh, Talc is what the uh, Johnson & Johnson people have paid out millions and millions for, for potentially causing cancer in their baby powder uh let's see oh and yellow number six just to give you the trifecta of the red yellow and blue the primary colors are in there for you the primary artificial colors this product is such garbage and then remember what I said at the very beginning who do we what do we do first we see who made this formula this formula is brought to you by Pfizer Need I say more? All right. That's what I think you need to know about supplement facts. If I didn't cover anything that was on the back of one of your products, will you please ask me inside either the Facebook group or the, um, uh, hit me up on Instagram or call us at Vitality Nutrition. I'd love to answer any additional questions you have on this topic at 801 292 two. Okay, I've got, uh, what, 15 minutes left here. And in that 15 minutes, I want to answer these other two questions that I uh, promised I would answer. The first one's actually pretty easy. Looking for a replacement for Neosporin, she said. And uh, she already got two great answers from people in the Facebook community before I was able to answer it. But I, the big answer is, yeah, you should be looking for it. There's a, That's a tri-antibiotic cream. Uh, It is an unnecessary cream in almost every case or ointment, I should say, because we don't need multiple different antibiotics for the vast majority of things that we use Neosporin for. It's just another way that we're killing off too many bad bacteria and trying to create superbugs in the process. It's just not a good idea. Uh, It also has a real negative effect on our own good bacteria that uh, is there on our skin to protect us from the bad guys and it's got petroleum byproducts in it there's just there's no upside to neosporin other than it does cover up a wound or whatever it is that you're using it for fairly effectively so what else can you use there's a few things uh miracell Miracel is an oil that I absolutely love. We've sold it for decades at Vitality Nutrition, and it's made right here in Utah. And I know the family that owns the company, which always makes me feel good. Neosporin has a uh, an oil—or, sorry, Neosporin. Miracel has an oil— uh, she was actually wanting to, the person who asked this question was using it for, uh, sores inside the nose. And this miracell on a Q-tip tip is amazing for that, preventing bloody noses and things like that. Um, little, uh, uh, mouth sores or little, uh, uh you know, uh, cold sores and things like that on the lips as well as sores inside the nose. They also have a cold sore therapy. Uh, Specifically, they have a scar treatment, and they have lotions as well, and I love all of them. If you do feel you need something that is antibacterial, then you would use the ASAP Silver Gel. The ASAP Silver Gel has been shown to be more effective than just about anything I've ever seen in clinical trials to the point where a natural product... A natural product has actually received FDA clearance to make the claims that it is indeed antibacterial, and it can be used in a gel form the same way as you would use the Neosporin to do more good while doing less harm. An absolute awesome product. So those are my two go-tos for a replacement for Neosporin, depending on what you're using the Neosporin for. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is a question that goes like this, dosages. Dosages exclamation point, exclamation point. She means business. I know a lot of what can what I can take for certain things, but not sure about the dosages. Should you take more when sick? What are the optimal amounts for every day? Okay. So I'm just going to hit the top ones that I have time for in the 10 minutes that we have left on this show. And I'm going to answer the last question first. Should you take more when you're sick? Well, there's some evidence, actually quite good evidence, that more vitamin C will be used when you are fighting off a cold, for instance, than would be used normally. Your body does indeed know what it needs, and it will utilize more when it is under higher levels of stress. Magnesium is another excellent example of that. Magnesium being the primary mineral that the body uses to relax the nervous system and the muscle system when you're under stress. Yeah, more magnesium is usually better to a degree because too much magnesium, of course, can cause a laxative effect. But when you're sick, uh, what I do personally, I take more vitamin C and more zinc when I'm sick. I don't actually take zinc separate from just a, like a multivitamin uh, during you know normal uh, use. But uh, if I get sick, I will start to take zinc uh, typically in a lozenge form. Uh, and uh, I will take it throughout the day because there's excellent research showing that if you take zinc lozenges throughout the day with a cold, uh, it knocks the cold about in half, which is pretty good. Higher levels of vitamin C are also very useful during a cold. So it depends on what the supplement is, but absolutely your body can use more of certain nutrients when you're sick, and mega dosing for short periods of time with natural things is generally pretty safe. But Before you decide to jump on, you know, five times the recommended dose of whatever uh, in the bottle, make sure you talk to someone who is knowledgeable about that. Uh, You can run it by your pharmacist. Um, Some of them are more educated on supplements than others but uh, generally a better resource than your doctor simply because pharmacists have actually been trained on supplements and do sell supplements in their pharmacies, although not necessarily the the best quality supplements out there. But you can check with your pharmacist, do your own research. But uh, the short answer is yes, sometimes it does make sense to take a lot more when you're not feeling well. Uh, let's talk about vitamin C. Vitamin C is an interesting one because you'll see it anywhere from about 250 milligrams up to about a thousand milligrams. So there's the most Common dosages being 500 and 1,000 milligrams. And vitamin C is a water soluble supplement. When you have a water soluble supplement, which all the vitamins are water soluble except for what they call the fat soluble, which are the vitamin A, D, E, and vitamin K. A, D, E, and K. Those ones would be fat soluble. Those are the vitamins that you do have to be a little bit more cautious to make sure you're not getting too much. Vitamin A in particular seems to be the one that we can get too much of relatively easily. Uh, Vitamin E to some degree as well, whereas vitamin K, as I mentioned in episode 244, where I did the deep dive on vitamin K, there's no known toxic limit, period. And vitamin D, while it can technically, you can get toxic with vitamin D, it's pretty hard to do. So with the water solubles, the good news is if you take Way more than you need, your body is just going to excrete them. It can create a little bit of stress on the body, it can create a little bit of stress in the stomach. Um, too much vitamin C, in many cases, will cause diarrhea. That's not, you know, short term going to really hurt you, uh, but it can cause some upset. So you have to be a little bit wise about it. With the water solubles, especially if you intend to use more of them due to illness or you have done the research and believe that, hey, 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C is how much I want per day, uh, you want to divide that up, absolutely. Divide it into uh, divided doses and pr- probably, especially in the case of vitamin C, go with a non-acidic form. Uh, my I used to love Ester C, but they got bought out by another one of these big megacorps. So the one I usually recommend now, if you're looking for just straight vitamin C, is called Reacta C, made by solare or I love the Liposomal C, made by Mercola, or my own vitamin C, the Vital... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, the uh, Vital C, which is a combination of vitamin C, zinc, and olive leaf, which many people take daily as a preventative, and you certainly can do that, but a lot of people just take it when they're not feeling well. Divide up the dose, get the non-acidic form. That'll be a lot easier on the system, much less likely to cause stomach upset. And I personally believe the upper limit for most people is around 6,000 milligrams divided up throughout the day. But an optimal daily dose Depending on who you read, because this varies a lot, there's a lot of controversy about, well, I don't know if controversy, but a lot of opinions when it comes to vitamin C. I think 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams a day um, certainly covers the basis for adults. I myself take about 1,500 milligrams from the various sources that I take, but uh, at any first sign of anything, I take more. Uh, Okay, let's talk about vitamin D. That's one that I get so much call uh, and questions on. And the truth of the matter is, you've got to know what your vitamin D level is to know how much vitamin D to take to, to really lock it down. And the best way to do that is with a blood test. But short of a blood test, you can ask yourself some really key questions. One is, how's my immune system? Do I get sick more often than I think I should. If if you do, vitamin D is oftentimes especially if you're talking about viral things like colds and flus and covid's and that kind of stuff, vitamin D is probably low. You probably need to bump it up. I believe if you're not getting much from from the sun or if you have a very dark skin pigment so that the sun is, the UV rays are not processing in the skin as as much as they are with people who have a lighter skin pigment pigment then about 5,000 units a day seems to be a good dose for most adults. Uh, That is what I take when I'm not getting sun. In the summertime, like it is right now, I get as much sun as I can, take as little vitamin D as I feel like I I need to because I'm getting a lot of vitamin or a lot of vitamin D from the sun. Sorry, I'm twisting my words here. I apologize. But uh, I don't take it on days that I get a lot of sun. And if I get two or three days when I don't get some, then I go ahead and take the vitamin D. In the wintertime, for about six months out of the year, I take vitamin D every single day, 5,000 units a day. Uh, vitamin K2, I answered this last week, but it's a very common question. Uh, two a day of the 120-microgram uh, is what I personally do. That's 240 units or, or micrograms. And I get a little bit of vitamin K too and a couple of other places. So I'm actually getting about 300 a day. And um, I, I feel like that is a great dose on that one. Omega-3. I did answer this in the Vital 5 episode that I did two weeks ago. That Vital 5 episode, if you want to know the the what's and wins and hows on the Vital 5, that's the best episode. It's about 10 minutes on each topic. But I'll hit omega-3 because it's such a common one that it'll say 1,000 milligrams of fish oil on your bottle, and you think 1,000 milligrams is a lot of fish oil, and so you take one a day because, heck, that's what the bottle says. That's even what the directions say. Well, it's not right. The clinical studies on omega-3 indicate that we need closer to 2,000, not fish oil, but omega-3, which means that your vitamin D, or your omega-3, if it is a fish oil supplement uh, and it says 1,000 milligrams on the front, it's probably only about 300 milligrams of omega-3. So you really have to look on the back and figure out how much omega-3 per capsule and take enough capsules to get the uh, correct amount. I personally prefer the natural factors or the vital five omega-3 where you can take two or three a day to get your full dose versus seven to 10 a day of a typical omega-3 to get your full dose. Yes, I did say seven to 10 a day. It's a little bit crazy for sure. Uh, Let's see, what else can we talk about? Uh, I'm going to ignore magnesium and uh, multivitamin and probiotic and enzymes because I did talk about all of those on that Vital 5 episode. Go check it out. Episode 242 is the episode where I do that dive. So what I'll talk about now are a couple of the other big-selling supplements. Coenzyme Q10, let's hit that one. There are two different forms, ubiquinol and ubiquinone. You may also see uh, ubiquitacarinone. Ubitacarinone and ubiquinone are basically the same thing with a different name. Um, One's more of a generic name than the other, so so there's not really much difference there. But ubiquinol is the most body-ready form of uh, CoQ10. The same can be said about methylated B vitamins, and that'll be the last thing I talk about are these two. So what I'm going to say about ubiquinol applies to the methylated Bs as well, and that is that your body basically doesn't have to make the conversion. It is ready for the cells. Your body can absorb it. It's considered about three times as efficient as ubiquinone. Now, ubiquinone is great. There's lots of good studies on it. It's very inexpensive compared to what CoQ10 once sold for. Ubiquinol is optimal for sure. You'll get more of it, and some of us don't make, don't convert that ubiquinone very well. So, when in doubt, go with ubiquinol. If you're going to go with ubiquinol, I believe 100 to 200 milligrams a day. The research backs that up for almost everybody being a great dose. If you're going with ubiquinone, I believe more like 300 milligrams a day is probably where you want to be. With the B vitamins, when you're looking at a B-complex or you're looking at B12, B6, or folic acid or folate, you want the methyl form. So the methyl form of folic acid is not folic acid. That's the synthetic form. It will be called folate, and on the back, it will say something about folate, and it will never mention folic acid. If it mentions folic acid, it's not the cell-ready form, and then some of us can actually be toxic based on our genetic uh, makeup. So that's really, really important, particularly if you have or suspect that you might have the MTHFR uh, genetic mutation. If you're not familiar with that, I'm going to do a big show on that, hopefully in the next couple of months. I'm doing the deep dive on the research right now. Uh, B12, rather than cyanocobalamin, which is the most common, get the methylcobalamin. It makes a big difference in how well your body uses it. It's far less likely to become toxic in the system and is cell ready. A thousand to five thousand micrograms anywhere in there. It's a kind of an experiential B vitamin. Most people will feel a little more energy with it. So take the dose and experiment with it and always get a tablet that goes under your tongue. A little chewable tablet is what you want, not a liquid. The liquid is not very stable in B12 Uh, In methylcobalamin specifically, get a tablet that goes under your tongue. My favorite ones are made by Natural Factors and Cal, K-A-L. And then the last one would be B6. You're looking for one called P5P as opposed to pyridoxine, HCL, you want P5P, it's the most efficient form. And if you are interested in all three of those together, there are some really good combinations that have all three together. Also, Natural Factors has a fantastic complex that has all of the methylated forms, cell ready, ready for your body to absorb, and one or two of those a day seems to be a great dose. Okay, I've run out of time as I usually do. I'm going to continue to answer questions like this because I think these are questions that a lot more people have. I would love your feedback, though. Let me know what questions you have. The best way to do that is by joining the Facebook community. Um, The link for that community is in the description of this show, and uh, we would love to have you join. Uh, you can also hit me up at Jared Saint on Instagram or at Vitality Radio on Instagram. And of course, you can always call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801 292 6662. That's 801 292 6662. And if you're not in the area, check us out on vitalitynutrition.com. Thank you so much for listening to me. I am Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast
1: is for educational purposes only.
0: The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.